Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. He's Stephen Gagliano. And before we get started, i got to find out what the hell happened. I haven't seen him yet today. And I go into his office to uh, to get him to come into this uh, little recording studio we use. And he's got ice on his hand, clearly in pain. <laughs> Playing through the pain. Did you get drunk and punch a stop sign like one particular brother-in-law of mine? Are you sure that wasn't you? Oh, I'm sure that wasn't okay. me. No, that right. was, uh, yeah, the, the story he told the, the family was uh, he's got a big dog and dog saw a squirrel. They were on a walk. Dog pulled him and he fell on his hand. Mm. That's not that's not <laughs> what happened. Is that what happened to you? Well, my story does involve a dog. But not a fake drunken story. No, and not my dog. So I was leaving work yesterday and... I'm driving past, for those of you in the Jackson area, if you know where the Whataburger is across from the Hilton on County Line, I'm driving past it and I see a really beautiful chow, a black Mm. chow run across the road, narrowly missed getting hit by a car. And the second I see something like that, me being the good person that I am. No, don't sell yourself short. (laughs) No, I'm thinking I've got to turn around and I've got to go try to help the dog. So I whip a U-turn, I go up into the parking lot, and I see the dog kind of running around. It starts running down toward the highway. There's a little on-ramp that you can kind of run up this grass hill. It starts going down there, and I try to kind of outflank it and go towards the road so it doesn't run towards the road. And I'm looking at it, I notice it has a collar. No tag, but a collar. And I... I kind of, so I think to myself, all right, it's someone's dog. It's beautifully groomed and all that. So I think, all right, to get it to, to avoid it running toward the road, I'm going to throw this stick and it'll go play fetch. Hopefully throw the stick. It doesn't chase it, but it instead walks up to me and kind of gives me a look of like, all right, I, I think I trust you. I pet its head once, twice, really soft. And it looks up at me. And I'm like, all right, let's go try to get back up towards the hotel. I feel around for the collar. I get a hold of it. And I wait a second. The moment I take my first step to try to lead it up back towards the hotel parking lot, it snapped its jaws right on my hand. And it just, it was bleeding profusely as I'm standing on the side of this highway now and just screaming. Um, And so I walk up and get it all cleaned out and stuff. Unfortunately, was not able to ever re-corral the dog to the point where I could find an owner. But, uh, yeah. So it bit you and ran away? Pretty much, yep. It it ran for a second, turned around, and gave me kind of a look of, like, don't do that again. And then by the time I tried to try to catch up to it, it did just keep running. So it then by the time I came out, I cleaned up the wound and all that as best I could in the the. Uh, the bathroom of that hotel I came out and I saw it walking again down towards the road and you know I I tried to kind of scooch it back up again I didn't touch it but that was as close as I could get without it attacking me again so 
No fractures uh, from the x-rays. My hand is extremely swollen. Yeah, that doesn't look uh, good. It feels broken. I can't really, I can't go, like, I can't close into a full fist or really use it. And then I got the tetanus shot in my left arm. Love so that. the whole left arm is basically just dead at this point. Huh. Do a they have uh, 5G trackers and tetanus shots as well? Like, is your Hopefully. cell phone service a little bit better today? <laughs> yeah. I, I keep feeling this weird twitch, and I, I think that's something glitching in my systems. Picking up radio signals that you didn't know you could, <laughs> right. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They didn't throw a uh, one of those little vests on me as they did the x-ray on my wrist last night. So I've been getting all kinds of radiation, I guess. Nice. Well, maybe you'll maybe. pick up some uh, some channels. Maybe Bally Sports will become available <laughs> for you because you can't find it anywhere else. That we're talking about the biggest superhero. failure in sports media is Bally Sports. <laughs> they It's pathetic. If you're a Braves fan, if you're a Grizzlies fan, a Pelicans fan, a, a Predators fan, whatever, watching your team on Bally Sports, the people that bought the regional sports networks for Fox. You can't get it. It's damn near impossible. It's a massive failure. And they're just going to go through another NBA season where nobody can watch the teams at all. And they wonder why ratings are down. It's because nobody can freaking watch the team play. But anyway. Yeah, we don't get Pelicans games, right? And we're Grizzlies. We're three hours each way, I guess. Mm -hmm. Neither one. You don't get the Braves unless you have like two cable providers. That's it. No Hulu, no YouTube TV, none of that. That's one of the few things that I feel like I do get that other people don't. I don't get NFL Network and some of that stuff, which I'm extremely jealous, especially for like Thursday night football and that kind of thing. But I do get Valley Sports somehow. You're one of the two providers that they are offered on. So anyway, Stephen's playing hurt today, but we'll be all right. (laughs) We're talking the 2022 schedule release because it's a bye week. And Lane Kiffin is supposed to talk to the media today. As of this recording, he did. Okay, so we'll put that at the end of this podcast for you. Uh, I haven't seen what he said yet. Did he say anything interesting? Uh, he talked a lot about the, you know, just the overall atmosphere, how that played for recruits when they were there for the Tulane game, which we talked about. I, you know, the crowd was obviously diminished because of the weather, and a two-hour delay is going to do that. But he talked about the energy that he saw in the Grove that recruits saw. He also talked about how even some of the players for the Bucks and the Falcons when he was down there for his dad's Ring of Honor ceremony. We're talking to him about uh, the, the Louisville game and that window of exclusivity and how that allowed more eyes to be on it. Again, that crowd wasn't great because of it being on a Monday night where people had to wake up and go to work the next day. But you're seeing a lot more national exposure. And that's the main thing that he hit on. And you know, we've talked about young guys getting involved in rotations and practice this week, but bye week stuff. Nothing uh yeah. nothing drastic. It's almost as if you can garner national exposure at Ole Miss. Absolutely. You've got people that cover this sport that are so stuck in nineteen eighty six they think you have to go to Nebraska or whatever the hell to get exposure. And it's just not true anymore. It's almost as if you can be at Ole Miss and you can be a nationally attractive program if you have the right leadership in place. It's almost as if that's possible. I don't know. I what mean, a world. You know, I don't write for you know Yahoo or USA Today or whatever the hell, but um, I have a feeling, and I've heard this from some people. I don't know how true it is, but I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. If Lane Kiffin, and I'm not naive to think that he won't jump to a bigger job at some point because 
that's what you do. If I get offered a job that will pay me more money where I can be more successful, I'm out. I mean, that's that's life for everyone. I mean, there's no loyalty, really, in life when it comes to more money and better opportunities. You're going to take them. But I've said it on here before, and I'll say it again. I think the better opportunities are much fewer than people give it credit for. And I have a feeling that Lane Kiffin, when he took the job, did not think that it would not be as easy as it's been because it hasn't been easy and it never will be easy, air quotes at Old Miss. But I have a feeling he didn't realize that he could make it go like this this quickly. Well, and someone asked him, you know, where did you think you would be at this point in year two at it's Ole 13 Miss? games into his Ole Miss yep. career. And he said he was a, you know, and he gave as much of a coach speak answer as you may expect. But in that answer, he you could tell that he was impressed with the way that the program has come together and how much fan support there's been behind it. And we talked about it last time, I think. Those are the kind of things that do matter. Obviously, winning trumps all things, but fan support, administration support, all of that factors in when you decide, hey, am I going to stay at this job or am I going to go take a bigger job elsewhere? Yeah, I, I have a feeling he was surprised that he was able to sign a top 20 class last year. I, I, little things like that. I mean, right now, again, fans love to do the, oh, I hope LSU doesn't come up because he might go there. I, I, I don't want to do that right now because no job is open that he would take right now. So there's no point of having the conversation. But right now, if you look at his situation, I mean, like you said, I haven't heard it yet, but he was NFL players noticed his program. Yep. I mean, they're ranked number 13. They should be higher or lower. Higher. Higher, I know better ranked. They, <laughs> they should be, be ranked better yeah. than number 13 <laughs> right now. Um, but they're already there. Uh, his quarterback leads in Heisman odds. It's, he's got an athletic director that at the end of the season, if they have the season that people think they're going to have, will make him a top 10 paid coach in college football. They are doing a $400 million plus dollar facilities project. Whatever he asks for, Keith Carter will try his damnedest to give it to him. He's got full administrative support. Um, you know, the fans are coming around. I know it's hard after COVID, especially in a state this small and all that stuff, but they're, it, it seems like they're coming around. Saturday would have been a great environment if not for the rain. Wouldn't have been sold out, but it would have been a good environment, a feel-good atmosphere, and it still was. But you've got all these things working in your favor right now. And, yeah, they're mostly due to Lane Kiffin. But I do think it's pretty clear because we saw the renderings for the Manning Center thing that's going to happen starting in January. Um, It's clear that it's not just Kiffin. I think administratively, leadership, athletic department, people are pulling the right strings right now. Major facility project. Total university support. Financial commitment. Again, if Ole Miss, let's say, goes 9-3 and three and goes to the Sugar Bowl, Lane Kiffin will be made a top-10 coach in college football financially. Absolutely. You guarantee it. So all of these things are working in their favor right now, and that's all you can do, and that's all that, that really anybody can ask for. And it, it, you can just see it working. And I have a feeling, again, I haven't talked to him, I bet he's a little surprised that all of this is going this way. I think so, too. Uh, you have to be. I think... I'm I think surprised. Every, Honestly, I'm surprised. Yeah. Every I am. Ole Miss fan out there, I think, is surprised. And I know it, it's kind of an overused point in time now for the Ole Miss football program. But after the Elijah Moore moment in the Egg Bowl, yeah. if you sat any Ole Miss fan down and told them, hey, in less than two full seasons, your team will be 
a top 13 program with one of the most exciting head coaches in the country with a quarterback that's atop the Heisman uh, betting odds right now. Not one would believe you. I wouldn't have believed you. Zero zero percent chance. And I, I was, I mean, if you guys listen to the radio show, you heard me. I was very, very in favor of Lane Kiffin when it was uh, reported out there that Ole Miss, you know, I don't think Keith Carter ever had like a list of order of preference, but when they were going after Mike Norvell and most people thought that it was Norvell's job to turn down, I was disappointed. I thought because you've got a better option in Lane Kiffin than Mike Norvell. Like I I have always thought from the day he was hired, it was going to work. I did not think 13 games in, ironically, they'd be ranked number 13 in the country. No shot that I, I thought it was going to go like this. And yeah, there's nine more games to play. Haven't played an SEC game yet. Things could crash and burn, or they could match their potential, which is a really damn good football team. And you shouldn't expect them to crash and burn. That's, I don't. <laughs> no, that's that's the thing. Is After a couple conference games, you can always tell by the eye test about a team is, all right, is that a real 3-0 and or is that an early season everyone's kind of 3-0 and and still feeling out their way through the season. Yeah. The identity of this team right now appears to be, again, one of the most dynamic offenses in the entire country and a defense that's improved from yes. a season ago. And we saw they were able to be competitive against teams like Alabama last year, Florida last year, even though that was the first game. But there's no indication that this team will crash and burn. They no. could but that's not what you expect. At Knock this on point. wood, barring right. injuries. You know, they're still pretty thin, especially defensively. But um, next week is huge. I still think that it's not a measuring stick. Some people are going to try to spin that as a measuring stick. I don't think that's fair. If they lose the game, you're going to have some people, all their frauds are all, we'll get it on the text line, and you might have national people say that. To me, Alabama's not a measuring stick. To me, it's a free shot. You have a free shot in two weeks. In Tuscaloosa. What if it's losing handedly? What if they lose 42 to 17? If Ole Miss gets held to 17 points in any game this season, mm-hmm. I will be blown away surprised. Yeah. Um, that, again, I've, got, I've got to see that. That, that, would be, that would be an issue. That's where I argue that it's not necessarily that free shot if it ends that way. Now, if they lose and it's close and, again, they battle all the way through it, and at some point, Alabama just has the talent that Alabama has, and they yeah. pull away. That's a much different story. Mm-hmm. God, if they get held to 17 points, I, I will be truly shocked. I will. Um, but I think more of a measuring stick is is Arkansas the week after. Um, Arkansas, by the way, two tough games, right? It's uh, Texas A&M this week in Dallas and then Georgia. Why do they always play that game in Dallas? Jerry Jones. Mm. You would think... Arkansas would want that as a home game for them at some Especially point. Especially because they also have to play in Little Rock. Right. I don't understand Arkansas's process at all. But anyway, uh, we will talk about the schedule, the 2022 schedule that was released last night. But first, I want to remind you the podcast brought to you, AB, brought to you by, going a little too fast, absms.com, Advantage Business Systems. That's the website. If you are a business in Mississippi or you make decisions at a business anywhere in the state of Mississippi and you're looking for office technology, Advantage Business Systems started in Jackson, but they service the entire state. Uh, been going on for decades now, providing office technology solutions for Mississippi-based companies. If you're in the market for uh, 
things like copiers and printers and mail machines down to phone systems and cloud storage and data security and IT projects, stuff like that. ABSMS.com is the website. Uh, and if you tell them we sent you, they'll give you a complimentary office technology assessment. Also, LB is just across from Kroger on University Avenue right there in Oxford. It's the best place in Mississippi to get your meat. Fall is here. Perfect grilling weather is also here. So get that started at LB's. Tell Greg and the good people there that we sent you to LB's just across from Kroger on University Avenue. It was beautiful this morning when oh, I it's walked incredible. outside. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. Just slightly chilly. And it's kind of here now, right? Yep. Like it's Hope so. Hopefully. You never here. know. We could wake up next week and it's going to be back to 95 degrees, but... Until then, we'll enjoy it. Yeah, I hope that is not the case. Uh, Also, one gripe. I love what the SEC did with releasing the schedule and making it, you know, a news thing and and all that, making a show of it, letting the schools know ahead of time who they are so they can get creative with videos and stuff. Why are you doing it in September? It's a little early. Why are you doing it in September? You can tell the schools because they want to know as early as possible to make travel plans and whatnot. I, I hear you. Tell them to just kind of keep it quiet and do the, the schedule the reveal in February. We already knew who the crossover opponents were going to be anyway, and we knew who the non-conference opponents were going to be and when. So it's not like you were really revealing all that much. Just do it in February. That's what the NFL does. Take a page out of the NFL's playbook and do schedule releases when you've got nothing else going on. So right. you can dominate the news cycle for a little while. Not That's the why case the NFL here. is so good. Is they, they've cracked the code on figuring out a way to have something at every point of the calendar year that will get people talking about the NFL. Yeah. It's insane. They need to take a page out of that playbook. But Ole Miss's schedule for 2022 got released last night. And a quick run through it, and then we'll talk about it. Uh, home games with Troy in Central Arkansas to start the season. Then they go to Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Uh, that will not be in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Actually like an on-campus thing yep. at Georgia Tech, but still should be a lot of Ole Miss fans there, especially because it's not on a Monday. <laughs> like You'll actually get to go spend the weekend in Atlanta, and you can wake up after the game and drive home and not have to take a day off of work. So better opportunity for the trip in Atlanta next season. Tulsa and Kentucky My parents at home. will rent out their house for a small fee. Oh, Anyone they, that they wants get to a few thousand dollars for yeah. it. They pay. haven't signed off on that, by the way. I'm just throwing that out there. Pay their mortgage for a little while <laughs> yeah. with that. Uh, after Georgia Tech on the road, it's Tulsa and Kentucky at home. Vanderbilt and Nashville, followed by Auburn at home, at LSU, and at Texas A&M before a very late open date. And then Alabama at home, Arkansas in Fayetteville, and Mississippi State at home for the Egg Bowl. It's a rough end of the season. My my initial takeaway from all that, and we'll we'll get down into it here in a second, but having to play Alabama, then Arkansas, and then the Egg Bowl on short rest is going to be a really tough ask for that team. Yeah, that that is the the late buy does one good thing though. Like this year Ole Miss has the earliest buy in the SEC. Next year they have the latest. They are by themselves uh with that late buy after nine games. Life after Matt Corral, though, this is the big takeaway from the schedule. Honestly, I think it's great. I think as good as you can ask for, and here's why. Because you will be replacing Matt Corral. Yep. And whether it's Luke Altmeyer or somebody that's not on campus yet, which I kind of feel like it's somebody that's not on campus yet, but anyway, whoever it is, life after Matt Corral 
gets a really easy introduction. Your first six games, it is entirely plausible, without even knowing who the quarterback is, that Ole Miss is 6-0. and They will be favored, likely favored, in all six of those games to start the season. So whoever it is, life after Matt Corral gets a very e they get to ease their way in to the schedule. So the first six, you could not have asked for better. You play two SEC games, you get Kentucky at home, you go to Nashville, but that barely counts as a road game. I mean, stuff gets real after that. But at least your final six games, although they are against the SEC West, it's broken up by a bye week. So yep. the first six, That's it's true. kind of a cakewalk. Vanderbilt's not a game that's difficult, and your last six is cut in half by a bye week. So I, I love the way the schedule sets up. You hate the late bye, but still. I, I think in terms of replacing a quarterback, you couldn't have asked for better than this. To start the season, you'll get a ton of momentum. You'll win a bunch of games. Hold on for dear life at the end. But I think this sets up really well, and I'm, I would be very pleased if I were in that office right now uh, with what we got if you will. Yeah, and I think the ultimate question then becomes, and it's a good thing for Ole Miss fans, that we're not having this conversation right now, but it is going to be who is that quarterback in 2022. This team, you know, and I try not to take too much away from these late-game blowout drives where backup players are in, but I have not seen one throw or run or anything from either of the two quarterbacks currently behind Matt Corral that shows me they're ready to take over and step in and play meaningful snaps for Mm -hmm. Wayne Kiffin. It's a pretty significant ability drop at the moment. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, guys being highly ranked out of high school, quarterback is it's such a different position. A four-star running back that comes out of high school, you pretty much pencil them in as a guy that's going to be able to contribute right away and and make an impact on a team. A four-star quarterback, a guy like Luke Altmaier who was – highly recruited, you know, it it doesn't translate quickly. And the problem is if it doesn't translate quickly, they will recruit over you. And, you know, I, I think that's something that we'll have to watch as we move forward toward 2022. Yeah, I'm very interested into how they approach the position next year and, and who it will be. I mean, there's a chance that Keaton Slovis is looking for a home. Hmm. I mean, real chance. There he, got, he got hurt, a high-profile... Blue chip player stepped in. Uh, Jackson Dart, I think is his name, and he spells Jackson weird. Uh, Slovis, I don't know if he has a year of eligibility or not. I think he does. And they have a, they've one. officially approved the one-time transfer rule, right? Yeah. Yeah. So That's something to watch. There's going to be some names out there that might surprise some people. And, you know, I, I've... I, I said this on the radio show and got a couple texts. What about Altmaier? You're selling him short. It's not that. It's just... It's the most important position on the field. Right. You have to give yourself if options. You have to give yourself options. If you can do better, even if it's marginal, you go get better. Right. The best, and, uh, the best example of that, and it's a professional example, so it's not exactly the same thing, but the Chiefs went to the playoffs with Alex Smith. They traded up to get Patrick Mahomes in that very next draft. They knew that they had to get better at the position. When you know that you have to get better at quarterback especially, you make that move. You find a way to make that I mean, Clemson did it in season. Kelly Bryant took them to the playoff the year prior. That's right. Four games in. It's a better example than than mine. Four games in, we have a better option. 
and, and sorry, Kelly, it's not you. Right. It's it's just because this kid's better. Uh, they'll take the same approach. Uh, you know, and it could be Luke. I mean, maybe maybe Kiffin really loves how he's progressing. I mean, who knows? I, I don't know. It's just purely speculation on my part. I don't know. But I do know there will be some highly talented players at the quarterback position looking for a home. And, and why wouldn't you want to commit to a guy like Lane Kiffin who's turned Matt Corral into a guy that at one point was probably going to transfer and was splitting no, probably reps. probably about it. Yeah, who was going to transfer, who was splitting reps with now a slot receiver to a Heisman favorite. Yeah. No, there's no probably about that. Um, there's possibly a reason why Rich Rodriguez is at Louisiana Monroe. They beat Jackson State, though, on Saturday. Yeah. Did you see that? First Four field goals, since... won the game. <laughs> I swear. First win since late November of 2019 for Louisiana Monroe. Yeah. They won 12-7. to mm. I didn't know it was four field goals. Four field goals. Must have been a fun game to watch. Oh, I, I bet, man. <laughs> I, I I bet. So there's your schedule. Uh, you know, it's, again, I don't understand the timing, but it's fine. And you get a nice, fun road trip to Atlanta and a... I mean, honestly, I like Georgia Tech's campus. I don't know what game day's like there. It's uh, fun. There's a lot of stuff around, though. I mean, that should be a good trip. Uh, and I know a lot of you couldn't make the Louisville game because it was on Monday night. Here's your chance to go hang out in Atlanta for a weekend. I know a lot of Ole Miss students from Georgia that couldn't get into the University of Georgia are going to have all their friends come down and stay with their parents in the Atlanta metro area and have a good time. Hey, that's not why I went to Ole Miss. <laughs> I oh, I couldn't get into Georgia, Georgia either. I I'm not making fun. Have, actually. But, uh... Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a great environment. And the Georgia Tech game day atmosphere, it's nice. And the stadium is small because it's like in downtown Atlanta. Yeah. And the seats, there's two sections where they put opposing fans. One is pretty high up. The other, you're like right on the field. It's a very close environment. So it's a really cool place to watch a game. Yeah, that's one thing that, uh, well, not one thing, one of many things with the stadium that uh, the previous administration completely failed at. At Ole Miss, there is too much sideline space. Way, way, too way, way too much sideline space. Um, you just you feel so far away from the field, and then uh, you'll watch games like at Oklahoma State. And my God, I mean, Lincoln Riley can hear what somebody in the front row is yelling at him because he's fifteen feet away. Uh, I don't know if they can address that or not, but it's just, it's little things like that that just they needed somebody to put their hand up and say, "Wait a minute." Don't block out this breezeway for club seats. What the hell are you doing? Right. It looks cheap and and really fast. Don't bring the stands further away from the field. You want to create an environment. Uh, little things like that. that they I'm just curious to at. see that part of this campaign. The Manning Center renderings, you know, it looks great, yeah. and I'm sure it'll look great when it's done. I'm re- I want to see the the football stadium and how they're planning to address that. In actuality, I wish they would just build a new stadium because uh, we've talked about it before. The current one looks like a mashed together version of four different people's vision for it. Yeah. And that's exactly what it was too. Right. Exactly. And so it presents like that and they need a more cohesive vision and one that, you know, that stadium can get loud, but none of it is bold in to the point where it, you know, amplifies that volume level. Like you see at other stadiums because it is just so spread out and everything's, Everything goes outward, not upward. Mm-hmm. But those will get released sometime at the end of the year. Yeah. So the Manning Center—that's 
they'll start building that in January. Some people were confused. Uh, like the fundraising campaign, that's not starting in January. They're starting the renovations in January. Everything else is going to come later. But anyway, there's your schedule for 2022. Uh, we've got Lane Kiffin audio? Yes. Okay, we'll put that at the end of the podcast in case you wanted to hear his bi-week press conference. And uh, that'll end the show. So thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you guys again on Friday. Bi-week practice, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Players run Friday morning, and they have the weekend off. And then we'll get back to work um, on Alabama. So chance to play some younger players this week. Um, you know, get people healthy, even though that's not a major issue with us this early in the year. So I've said before, not the best time, ideally, for a bye. Wish it was later, but is what it is. Are there any specific players or position groups that you're trying to look at this week when you're evaluating the young guys? Um, not necessarily. I mean, maybe, you know, some DBs to because um, we haven't played many and receivers as always. Unfortunately, we've not rotated a lot of guys there on the outside. We have this year more on the inside with, you know, three slots. Um, so continue to try to find some depth there. Lane, when, when you took this job, Considering the, the state the program was in and everything, did you have a schedule in your mind about where you wanted this team to be at certain points? And if so, where are they right now? I've never thought like that. You know, I've never said, okay, when you take a job, you know, year two, year three, year four, this is where you're going to be. Just like I've never said that during the season. Um, you know, we need to win this many games. You know, we're just always trying to improve and. There's so many variables, especially nowadays with transfers that go into it. And, and as always, you know, you got to have some luck too and stay healthy. So, um, you know, if you would have said, hey, you know, whatever rankings, because rankings do not mean anything really until the last one. But if you were to say, hey, you guys are ranked wherever we are now, um, you know, three games through the second year and, um, you know, the energy you know, nationally that I feel, you know, when we talk to recruits, uh, I would say we're, we're doing pretty well. But again, the final rankings is what matters from a football standpoint. From a recruiting standpoint, I think, you know, the energy around the program, where it is in kids' minds around the country now versus where it was two years ago was dramatically different. You mentioned the energy around recruiting. I know the weather didn't help Saturday, but – just in broad terms, how was that? I mean, talk a little bit about that energy you're feeling. Well, I think, you know, it's unfortunate because of the weather, the, the crowd was, you know, the numbers where they were, you know, because I, I think judging off the energy earlier during the walk, it would have been pretty electric in the stadium. So the good thing was recruits and players were able to see that during the walk. Um, you know, it just wasn't the same in the game. But talking to kids that watch the game nationally, you know, they don't really see the crowd. You know, they see the production on the field and whatever, the 60-some points halfway through the third. And so that was good. And I think the first game, the time slot where it was at paid a lot of dividends. You know, Monday night where there's nothing else to watch. Even down at the Bucks game, you know, NFL players on the Bucks and Falcons talking about that game to me, you know, just because so many, so many of you were watching it. Any other s slot you get on a Saturday, you're sharing it. Lane, I was wondering, when you took this job, and maybe even when you were considering this job, what did you know about Matt Corral? Did you, were you aware of him? Were you aware that he had the talent that he has? I did not know that much. Um, you know, I'd heard the name 
I knew about the different commitments to different places. I, I really did not know that much. I watched briefly, you know, right before the interview, some offensive plays or some offensive tape of the guys, especially the young guys, but I did not know very much. Along those lines, are you surprised, kind of piggybacking off David's question, are you surprised that he is where he is right now from maybe the, the first few practices that you had with him? I mean, I wouldn't say surprised. I remember the first time I ever seen him throw and turn into Lebby and say that's really special and unique because he was just throwing a deep ball like 70 yards, like nothing. Um, so he is extremely arm talented. You know, he shows plays every Saturday that people don't make. You know, and I've said it before, Ole Miss fans, you know, need to appreciate this why you have it. This is a generational arm talent, you know, that you're going to get spoiled with because not too many people ever are going to make those plays that he's making. And there's a lot on Sundays that start that don't make them. What was that like Sunday, seeing your dad have his name put in the ring of honor or whatever it is that they call it at Tampa? Yeah, it was really cool, um, you know, just to be there and worked out uh, with the bye and to be part of that and just to watch it and know how much time and energy he spent in there sleeping in the office. I mean, I remember him going to work on, you know, he'd go on Monday and not come back, you know, till Thursday, Friday night. So he put a lot of time in there and you could see it with the players, you know, Sapp and Brooks and <clears throat> Rondé and Allstott and all those guys, their appreciation for him. So it was really cool. Coach, with the bye this week, um, obviously you'll be out doing some recruiting, you and your staff. How big is it for you to be able to finally do that after the last two years? And then two, there's a proposal to expand the cap to 32 to 35 players. Would that change anything with this class for you? Just how many high school players you'll sign versus if they don't? Yeah, I don't. <clears throat> do very much on things we can't control. So uh, until they tell us it's changed, I don't worry about it. Um, so, you know, that would change. And the more they raise it, the better it is for high school kids. Like I said, you got hundreds of high school kids not getting scholarships that got them before, you know, because we're all holding spots. And we're basically holding spots to take people that have already used up an initial spot. So. You know, doesn't take a math major to figure out the high school kids are the ones, you know, getting screwed in this whole thing. Lane, just curious, when when you compare the SEC today to where it was 12 years ago when you got to Tennessee, what do you think kind of contributed to offense going on, on such an upswing? Was there one or two things you saw, or is it just generally football is trending that way? In your mind? That's a good question, <clears throat> because when I do get asked about the SEC back then versus now, I feel like there were great defensive players you played every week and had to scheme around, and there's still that. Now I do feel like there's more offense, and the numbers prove that, like last year, historic offensive numbers in the conference with only conference games. <clears throat> I'm not sure. I think there's more non-traditional offensive coaches calling plays in this conference now. You know, this was notoriously a traditional offensive conference. You know, guys came in and started changing that, like Hugh Freeze, you know. This was an I-formation conference. So I think that's where you see the change. And I think also the best players now come to the SEC. I mean, it was never like this. I mean, California kids didn't come to the SEC. Hawaii kids didn't come to the SEC. Now, everybody just comes to the SEC on both sides. So, you know, it's where the best players are. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.